Alright, so, I sent you my notes. What we're going to be yes, talking about today is... I think we can probably sum it up overall as... Uh, are we going too far left? Right? The, converse, the conversation around too far left. Yeah, your, your topic was moderate, moderation, political moderation, right? And specifically yeah. with regard to Bernie Sanders. Um, so... Uh, I'm going to sort of drive this because I think you have more thoughts on it. And I suspect that my response is just going to be, yeah, I agree with you, Jamie, on like two thirds of the things you say. Um, but to begin with, do you want to sort of briefly sum up the idea that we're talking about? Like the, the ring about too far left. I actually think I have a slightly different point of view on it from you. But I think you should sum up what you think is too far left to begin with because i actually have a completely different take on the whole thing so so yeah. in terms of in terms of what i'm talking about uh, u.s political whatever discourse i don't know the sort of standard mainstream media has repeatedly over the last well honestly since before the 2016 election complained that bernie sanders um and to an extent elizabeth warren are pushing too far to the left and this means that they are not electable um, and therefore it's dangerous to vote for them in a primary because it will mean that we lose against Trump. Um, and that's really all, all I mean by it, right? That's the, that's the basic outline. Uh, yeah. My pretty obvious position on this is that this is fucking bullshit um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but let's go with yours. Do you fundamentally believe, agree with it or, or not? Um, so I don't agree that... Um, I don't agree with the this idea that uh, it's essentially all about political policy. Uh, so I'm not I'm not being my most articulate self right now. But um, when when people say uh oh no the us is ready for something which is much further left i don't think that that is an accurate understanding of what is going on in politics right now and i what i think is i think what i see is the big problem among news pundits today is they have a fundamental misunderstanding about what is going on in politics and how people are thinking it through and where this what this revolves around actually in my opinion is a um this dichotomy between left and right as being some sort of spectrum uh and we talked we've talked about this before about progressivism and conservatism being kind of progressivism takes us up intellectually to some degree so there's kind of a, a distancing from the self less ego involved in a kind of a, an identity that's increasingly bound around a, a a larger number of people whereas conservative pulls in the other direction um i i, I think what we're seeing actually is is that 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 spectrum is breaking down and it's becoming increasingly less useful as we think about the current political system. And I th that is what I see as the big issue among political pundits. I, I don't disagree. I, I, I don't, I just think it's a much more complicated situation than saying like, Oh, things are going too far left. Um, because, and, and therefore I disagree with the criticism of it that, um, uh, we we can't be further left in this country. I actually think that the US will never be as far left as like Norway, for example. I fundamentally think that the US, in order for it to operate effectively as a country, it needs to have a balance between um, traditionally traditional kind of uh, identities based around smaller groups of people that are in balance with a bigger identity whereas really when you look at like most western socialist countries they're very progressive in the sense that there's much more focus on a um, a broader more encompassing identity you're never going to get that in america and I, I think that this idea that you know oh bernie's going to take us down so when we're, we're going to be similar to some of the western european democrat democratic socialists states i never think that that will happen in the us so really 
what I think is going on here, which is being totally misunderstood by political pundits, is that what we're seeing is a kind of another axis um, for the traditional spectrum. So previously it's been left to right, but I think we need to have some idea of verticality in it to understand, okay, where is, where is the conversation happening right now? Um, and so what I mean by that is to say that I think what has happened over the past 20 years in American politics, particularly precipitated by the election of Obama, was there was this kind of recognition that everyone had to kind of take a step back and we needed to sort out some shit that had been festering for a really long time. Um, because like yeah. the fact that Obama got all of this ridiculous response from like a huge number of people like calling him a monkey calling him a muslim made everyone sit back and go wait a second there's something wrong in the fundamentals here and we need to go back and address it and what it is is i would actually describe it as i i I think to some degree it's a it's a it's a reinvestigation of the social contract that binds us together in our society which it's a bit of a Re, I, I don't like the, using the word so the term social contract, but I think in this context it speaks to the idea of um, what does it mean to be an American, um, and what should we, how should we think about ourselves uh, at an individual or even just at a community level, um, and an investigation of what do we need the fundamentals of that to be within a uh, modern American state. And so the conversation has moved very far away from um, I, I, I don't think it really has so much to do with kind of what are the economic systems that we subscribe to. So this idea of kind of having a battle between socialism and capitalism, like it's stupid because the conversation is not being had there. We're not having a discussion about how the economy is run here. We're having a discussion about what sorts of people we are. So that would be my essential thesis. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with any of this. Um, I think this is all very, very fair point. There's something I think uh, is worth adding that there's a problem. I think we've actually talked about this quite a lot before, but there's a problem with members of the sort of commentary class. So pundits, editorial writers, really anyone involved in the media in that as this sort of person, you spend an awful lot of time studying policy and studying politics as a, as a sort of idea. You have a pretty high level understanding of things like socialism, capitalism, the general idea of what is a left wing and what is a right wing economic system. And as a result of that, you start to believe that this is an understanding that's at least somewhat felt throughout the rest of the country. And you also you also sort of feel like it should be the way that discourse is done around politics. So you make all of your commentary somewhat grounded in this. You know, you go and you do a course at university in political science and you read about collective ownership of the means of production versus individual ownership and capitalism versus socialism. And then you start projecting that onto um, actual politics. And so there is obviously a, like, a major difference between Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg or um, Donald Trump's you know, economic policy. However, the reality is that the general voter does not even remotely look at those sort of things so i think as a, as a good example if you go and you spend time on the donald trump subreddit you will not see very many posts at all criticizing any of the democratic candidates on their economic policy um the closest you get to it is just joking about medicare for all and usually the commentary is an incredibly basic level how are they going to pay for that sort of bullshit, right now what you do see, on the other hand, is gun control, abortion, um, you know, in the like, oh, the Democrats want you to be able to abort a fetus after it's been born, um, and then uh, transgender issues. And basically what I'm saying is it's, it's a set of cultural norms. Now, the reality is, and I have had quite a few arguments with people about this in the last few weeks, mainly because of Bernie's like increasingly impressive performance in, in the uh, primaries. Bernie is comparatively moderate on these points. He's not particularly more progressive socially than someone like Pete Buttigieg. He's in fact probably more moderate 
on things like gun control. He doesn't have a particularly radical gun control policy. So when people look at someone like Bernie and these editorial writers, pundits, uh, whatever, presenters say, oh, he's so far left. I just don't think that makes any sense to the general public because they, they actually look at the Democrats and they're like, oh, no, they're all in favor of abortion. They're all leftists. Or they look at Sanders and they're like, oh, he actually just all he's really in favor of is um, closing gun, hole, gun show loopholes. Um, that's not that radical. Whereas, you know, Buttigieg wants to go and do like a state buyback or something. I actually don't know what Buttigieg's uh, policy is, but Bernie is relatively close to the center on this one. Um, so I think the portrayal of it as being about an economic left-right system is really just something that matters to essentially people who work in the media. And when it comes to a general election, if Bernie is running against Trump, I just, I just think he'll be fully irrelevant at that point. Um, and it, it's one of those things when people talk about all the media so like so far from what actual people care about. This is one of the things that is they're absolutely right about because the reality is very few people on the right go, oh, I'm really worried about Bernie's rent control policy, right? Like this is a very fair point if you want to make an economic argument, but no one is making that argument in like people's day-to-day -day lives. Right. Yeah. The my Yeah, my only push would be is, is I actually think this commentary on political spectrum and the focus on economic like, and policy arguments is is not something that you necessarily just get when you are educated but i actually think it's a generational thing so like my parents for example um and really kind of the boomers in general have always been focused on the economy on knowledge on uh playing the game as it were like a kind of how do we we know the rules of the game so like how can we uh play it to be most effective in our current situation and i think that where that has led is to a kind of uh an essential assumption uh, uh and a, a almost obliviousness to the more fundamental aspects that make up people's identity um and how they define themselves so um, these conversations that people are increasingly having around cultural norms speak to uh, who we are and what kind of person we are. And I think the boomers never really had to question that that much um, because the focus was more on like how do you play the game? Whereas what, what you're getting, and this is why you see so much support for Bernie uh, with younger voters, I believe, is that uh, they're getting their understanding that there's some sort of cultural um aspect that needs to be to be discussed here and i i think that there was a lot of that in the previous election as well which never really got fully understood but the the folks the oldest boomers still get this like the, the oldest boomers kind of got that and they they i think to some extent they voted for trump because of it but it's it's not nearly as strong a theme for them as it has been for younger voters, for example. So, um, yeah, my push there is is I don't think it comes from being educated. I actually think it comes from living a life where you don't really question your sense of who you are. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't disagree. I think it's more intensified. I'm not saying necessarily educated. I'm saying it's more intensified among a certain type of education and culture that crops up in... Um, the media. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day about just generally UK versus US media and what he said is that like the UK media is very incestuous and very much a sort of small group of people but that is nothing compared to the New York media where it is quite literally a group of friends. Like the, the people that run the major newspapers and the editorial writers within them and the reporters within them are so interconnected that it, it it's almost comical it's so nepotistic it is so so insular that 
it, it, it's that's what generates this in my opinion or at least okay not generates it that amplifies it so much is these group of people who all have like political science degrees or who've all been working reporting on campaign trails for decades and they all have this set of ideas and they read each other's an, uh, analysis articles and their opinion articles and they see the same ideas replicated and it just curves back in on itself and never changes um i i, I don't think that that's in any way disagreement with your point i think it's just just a sort of this is a way of me just saying this amplifies it and this is why you see it so much in the mainstream press like why you see so much concern in like the new york times or the washington post or the wall street journal about like oh my god he's so far left um yeah so i agree with you. I, I i have a basic question right so here's here's just to sort of do the slight devil's advocate here is what the general position of people who say bernie is too radical believe they believe that fundamentally, when it comes down to it, Democrats vote Democrat and Republicans vote Republicans. And then there are a basket of swing voters. And these swing voters are going to go um, Republican or Democrat based on which one is most closely aligned to their political beliefs. And with Trump attacking quite sort of populist right, a centrist-ish candidate could be closer closer aligned to them. So that's that's the fundamental argument that we are probably both in opposition to so what's well, your wait. basic response to that yeah sorry, no, go on. I, I think that was kind of why i was saying i have a different like my take is slightly different because what it suggests is that that's not actually the question um because the the the, the implication of what i was saying was that if you put go into an election with pete for example who was not dealing with these fundamental issues you're literally not appealing to anyone because you're not even putting a policy forward that says this is how we're dealing with this issue which we know is the most important thing to you right so what i'm saying is is that you need to have someone who addresses this issue of like what it means to be an american and like who we are and I don't think the problem is, is that none of these kind of moderate candidates are doing any of the, the, those fundamental um, investigations of that issue. So once right. they, well, if, Trump it, absolutely is. Exactly. So you're basically like, just saying we're not. It's a it, terrible idea of what an American should be, but it, it, it is an idea of it. it yeah, yeah. Right. So essentially what you've got is, is it's kind of like saying, um, it's kind of it makes me think of like one of those cooking shows where they say right we want you to make us a dessert and then everyone goes away and makes us a dessert and then the democrat party comes back and says well we made you a main course because actually we think that's most popular like w yeah, what yeah. <laughs> like yes okay most people eat main courses but like fuck you like we asked you for a dessert like are you kidding me um so that's where i see like this big issue is like not being understood because it's not a matter of like uh, let's push the overton window there's one spectrum no it's like there are there are layers to this and we we need someone who comes in and and is engaging with the right issue and to me that's particularly important because i when i look at the democrats i go elizabeth warren is smarter she is intelligent she knows how to play the game she has policies it's great stuff she speaks my language i really connect with her um but she's not she's not making this fundamental play on like what does it mean to be an american and to me that like i, I it's not important to me because i feel like i have a good idea but when i look at the broader public discourse i don't believe that we have someone who's saying the right things and when i look at bernie he is saying the right things in that particular realm so i i, I really wish that there was more someone who maybe someone who does have slightly more moderate kind of economic arguments but does understand this question about who we are as americans you might argue though that there's actually something about bernie's policies like medicare for like his his emphasis on medicare for all is it's not his it's not he's not the only one with that policy but his what he does is he frames this question about identity within the context of medicare for all you know so it, it, it his medicare for all kind of has a has a particular like has a particular slant on it which i think is so interesting because there's lots of other people who have said medicare for all but it doesn't sound like bernie's you know and there's a difference there and i wish that there was more conversation about why that's different no i think that's a really really good point um i think the best example is obviously Warren, whose plan is essentially identical to Bernie's, although she's rode back on it a bit and made it a bit more moderate. 
but the way she talks about it doesn't center identity in it at all right um, and it and that... doesn't it's just a very unappealing sell the way she does it it's and it it, it it appeals to people like me because she's nerdy and she talks about the details but to, like to to the people who are actually swing voters or actually up in the air or actually considering not voting no like she's not not giving me anything to work with there right and one of the other things i'd say along those lines is like you know when we talk about these issues of identity and like um uh your kind of your community and that sort of thing like there's a lot of people who are wealthy and elite who have never had to think about those things and it's actually benefited them not to think about it and that is not always questioned enough like you know for example i'll take my personal example uh like my own personal experience yes i used to be way more conservative than i am today and i realized over a certain period of time that really just from an intellectual point of view having more socialist policies makes more sense for producing what might be a utilitarian conclusion about what's important um and that was you know that was a nice journey for me it wasn't particularly fraught or difficult i just learned more about things and just kind of came to the conclusion that really like conservative policies probably have been too emphasized in the past 40 years whatever i've never really had to question who i am though or what what is morally the right thing or you know who i think is bad and who i think is good i've never i've never questioned that um because i come from a wealthy background where everyone's pretty nice everyone has a set of cultural norms that work pretty well together um but like that's not the experience for a huge number of people um and and i think that this is a great time for us to be questioning it and and to some extent i'm glad that trump got elected because it stopped us from not being able to have the conversation right like there are lots of terrible things about him being elected but there is one really good thing that you know he does force us to have this conversation about there's a lot of people on the right not on the right but there are a lot of people in america who just immediately hate african-american black people um i've had i had a conversation recently with someone who said um oh well um you know stop and frisk and stopping more ethnic minorities a good thing just because like statistically they're all criminals um yeah nice (laughs) and and it's just like this is like built-in prejudice towards people because of the color of their skin or because of their background or because of the way they look and it's it's like it's it's all i think a lot of it's all based around this idea that you know you make your own way in your life and that's really nice and easy to think when it's like you're given a platform to make all of those decisions and it it is really up to you but there's a great scene in narcos season two mexico have you seen it no, I haven't watched. I watched season one of Narcos. Um, I definitely watched watch second more. season. It's quality. There's a there's a scene in the most recent one where the a woman who uh, is in the Tijuana, California cartel, um, she she's talking to her brother, who was who was basically saying like, yeah, I went to prison for ten years, but you know, I made the decision, and uh, you know, I had the independence to be able to go and do whatever I wanted, and it leaves her thinking like, I never get to make fucking decisions for myself and be independent because I'm just like subservient to the kind of the male-dominated system around me, and like if you're coming from a minority in any way, you know, whether that's from a sexual persuasion or ethnically or culturally, you know, the cultural is a huge one that we don't even think about um you you just don't have those like it's hot it's 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 these things are difficult and um they're not easy to to traverse so like there's i think there's definitely you know the liberal elite kind of privilege of not having to not ever having to question these things and kind of saying well it's actually all just about policy like no yeah no no no. i absolutely agree um and also like it may be all about policy like i agree it's all about policy but that's not how you fucking communicate it do you know what i mean like 
That's not how you get elected. That's not how you communicate your ideas. That's not how you get shit done. Like you have to, you have to sell a story. You have to talk about narrative, etc. Um, I think a very interesting point. I don't know if you watched any of the earlier Democratic debates, but the candidate that I thought was probably the most interesting uh, was uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Julian Julian Castro. Mm-hmm. Do you watch any of his stuff? So no. if you're talking about someone who made an interesting sell for an American identity, but who is also quite moderate, at least a little more so than Bernie, that would be Castro. And honestly, this is peak liberalism, but it's because he's Hispanic and because he talked about things from a sort of Hispanic position. And his all of his pitches were about an inclusivity, a new vision of America, which was inclusive. And he himself was a demonstration of that. And it was a very, very powerful sell. I don't think I even really dug into his policies that much. He was lefty, not as much as as um, Bernie. But I think I think he was a very, very interesting candidate. Um, mm. And I, I, I think it might have been. It's sad that he didn't. Um, last longer in the race but yeah you know, hopefully I guess it, be around in a few more it's, years it's funny you say that actually because as, as as i was thinking about it like i was thinking oh i wonder whether he doesn't support medicare for all but then i was thinking you know what you can't be someone i think there's a certain impl- implicitness to arguing for medicare for all which isn't if you're talking about an inclusive society you have to have medicare for all like it yeah it, i mean i think he was fully in favor i think yeah i just can't remember um, we yeah, should check like, that that's out the, that's the point you're making is that it's one of those things where mm. um like bernie's cell of medicare for all is bound up in his vision of what america is you know it's about a country where yeah. we stop allowing you know insane drug profits to dictate what we do how we treat the people who have like horrible diseases um i think it's worth very briefly i want to pitch the sort of bernie camp reaction to the um too far left thing so um this is i don't think this is in disagreement to us but i think there are some it's a different perspective on it at the very least Mm -hmm. so the sort of bernie camp at least the very popular sides of it have this fundamental position people say that bernie has gone too far left this is an insane idea because we can see that these policies are broadly popular among most Americans. Like, if you poll Medicare for all, a lot of people support it. Like, if you phrase the question differently, you can cut down the support. But fundamentally, it's not like a niche idea. So that's great. Number two, you don't bother trying to appeal to the people who are like lifelong conservatives, like the sort of actually rich Uh, Republican supporter. You are not going to win them over whether you're Pete, whether you're Biden, or whether you're Bernie. And you definitely stop obsessing about swing voters. And I heard this, I can't remember where I heard this, but it's a a very fair point. Um, Because swing voters are fucking maniacs. Like, they are fucking maniacs. Think about what it would have to make you take to make you swing between any of the Democratic candidates and the Republican candidates in the last 20 years. People who are so far apart that, you know, you cannot have a consistent ideology and vote for any two of them from the opposite side. Like, who the fuck voted for Obama and then for Trump? Like, what part of that or what what logical thought went through your head to make you change that <laughs> voting position? Like, you're an imbecile. Um, the, the, the reality is that swing voters base their voting choices on genuine, like, batshit anecdotes. And I've seen quite a lot of this with Corbyn and Boris Johnson in the last few years. Like, they there are genuine swing voters on, like, you know, oh, he's pro-circumcision. Or this person, like, I'm actually really in favor <laughs> of abortion, but only if it's in the first 15 and a quarter weeks. And then after that, it's evil. And, like, people have these, like, weird arbitrary lines on, like, what specific policy. Going after these people in a play for the middle is insane. Because just because they sit between the left and the right wing camps does not mean they have centrist beliefs. And that's, like, fundamentally, I think, an insane idea. Um, And so, anyway, the Bernie idea is you don't go after these people. That is Brainworm's idea. Like, just look at your own side bring out the policies that are popular and then do what Bernie does, which is ramp up community turnout to the absolute extreme by giving them an actual genuine radical reason to go to the polls on election day. And I think, I think it's a fair argument. I think like my position on this is that 
there actually are probably quite a lot of centrists and there are also quite a lot of republicans that could be won over by a moderate democrat right now but i also think that number is probably lower than the amount of extra people that bernie can turn out in the polls just because like did you see did you see the nevada stats like did you see what Bernie's approval rate, um, uh, what percentage of the Hispanic vote Bernie got? Which everyone was like, Hispanics are conservative. They're centrists. They vote for Obama because like they're worried about anti-immigrant rhetoric, but they're basically conservatives. Bernie got 53% of the Hispanic votes. Like that is insane. That is absolutely batshit insane. That's And that's in a, in a race with, you know, six other people or whatever it is in it. Like he is just cleaning that up like this is the point at which like somewhere like texas is now a state that i think is in bernie's path to victory like this is this is really like next level stuff um i've completely lost my train of thought on my sort of little bernie wanking session well i was um, i just going yeah. back to what you're talking about with the argument from from the bernie side about it i mean there's definitely a balance between you know uh the, the classic kind of liberal moderate argument is you can't get you can't motivate the base enough to win um whereas the flip side is to say who gives a shit about moderates we're just going to motivate the base right right like, yeah exactly. it's, it's like, a... obviously these are two polarized exactly you... and like obviously neither is exactly true yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly so I mean, there's a lot of debate about that, and I find it ridiculous how often the argument is completely one way or completely the other, depending on where you are. But, like, obviously it makes sense that moderates say we should appeal to the middle swing voter because they're moderates and it's easier for them to do that, whereas the other side are going to be like, well, fuck that because we can't do it, so whatever, right? Like, there's a little bit of cart before the horse here, and the, the actual kind of fundamental argument isn't really being questioned around uh, what does the country... Like, as soon as you talk, start talking about this is my once you have the position in mind how you win with it is going to be dictated by your position already right like it sounds stupid to say it but like duh so i don't know why we have these arguments because fundamentally what we're supposed to be doing is questioning what the best path forward for the country is right first and and then we decide how we sell that so um Part of the thing is of what's the best best path forward is that you do need to be aware of like what's possible given the current makeup of the country, right? And that's going to be true whether you're an authoritarian dictator or you're going to be a democratic party, right? Um, because what people can stomach and what people can adapt to has to be part of your system. So a classic example of this going wrong in authoritarian terms is communism. You know, like, oh, well, if we just make the decision that everyone be nice to each other and have a bigger identity that includes everyone else and we all kind of work for the um, the system, that would be great. But if you force it on people in five years, you fuck everything beyond belief. And that, I think, is the issue of communism. It's not it's it's not that it's a flawed system in and of itself. It's that it cre it requires a huge amount of change to support and a system that you may not necessarily have. And that's what breaks it. Um so uh, I, I I question the idea of even like having this conversation around who to appeal to um, because it, it completely ignores that it, it kind of creates these assumptions about what needs to be done that no one then questions because it's just like, well, is it easier to do? Oh, fucking, it's just a waste of time. Like, and it's just obvious it's a waste of time when you frame it like that. Um, so it doesn't it's going to go on to your second point there about like hispanics and bernies it doesn't hispanic and hispanics and bernie it doesn't surprise me that um he's quite popular among hispanics because i think that um i'm i'm anticipating that, I'm ready for a bit of racism here. Yeah. <laughs> that in the next, <laughs> oh, in the next, God. In the next 20 years, there's going to be a big shift in the way that um, the Hispanic population of America um, expresses itself and is and its presence is kind of shared, more, how it's shared more broadly. Um, and the reason for this is the pop Hispanic population of America is absolutely enormous. So it's about thirteen percent, fifteen percent. 
right now it's 17%. So it's 52 million people. That's like 4 or 5% higher than um, at black African Americans in, in this country. But you would have a hard time being able to tell that from a, if you just like looked uh, at the at the general conversation that's going on. In, oh, uh, fuck me. Sorry. 10 second re. Oh, my God. Um, for the last like five years, every single Oscars has been dominated by this fucking Oscars so white thing. And every single time, the only discussion being had is about African-American actors. And yeah. if you look at the makeup of Oscar winners, African-American actors are always between 10 and 20%, i.e. roughly representative of the percentage of them in the country. Do you know who's not represented at all? Hispanic people. There's always like, there's like one person from time to time. And then like uh, fucking Inuritu, who the Birdman guy, like one best picture. And we're like, oh... Yes, well done us. Uh, well yeah. done us. We, we did it. And it's like, it is completely ignored in like the general conversation about race and ethnicity in the US. Like, completely ignored. Yeah. It's like nearly a fucking fifth of your population. Like, what are you doing? That's, yeah, sorry. That's, no, no, no. I, that's a great little ad. Um, and I think that's where we're going to see fun, like some really big change soon. Um, you know, maybe it's next 10 years, maybe it's next 20 years, but that is going to change because you can't, you can't have 17% of the population that's ignored, particularly as it's going to go up. I mean, that's going to be, that's going to probably hit like 20% in the next 30 years, maybe more. I, there are definitely stats out there. I don't have them off the top of my head, but once you, once you're past 15%, you've, it's like almost a guarantee that they're going to have a voice. And the fact that they don't right now is going to be a really big tension point somewhere. I don't know where or how it's going to express itself, but um, it's going to be really yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, so a, what a lot of a lot of the discussion about it is is that like because there's obviously a lot of um, Catholicism among Hispanic communities, a lot of people have assumed that they're going to maybe start leaning to the right. Um, there were a load of Republican strategists who've talked about the fact that actually the growing Hispanic majority in the US is a big potential win for the Republicans, except that the last Republican president literally ran on an anti-Hispanic and anti-Muslim platform. So they've fucked it. Like, they've fucked it hard. Yeah. It's genu genu It's really, it's really, I think, a major blunder for the um, Republicans. Like, Trump has done a lot of good things for them, especially in, like, getting Supreme Court judges and federal judges in. But, uh, and that's going to win stuff for them in the long term. But um, in terms of, like, general electability for Republican presidents in the future. He has put up a fucking wall, ha ha ha, um <laughs> for, for getting any Hispanic votes in. And I think I think it's gonna bite them in the ass pretty rapidly. Like it really, really should be quite worrying. Especially given the fact that the boomers are all about to die off anyway. Yeah. Um, presumably when they start like, you know, eating Akinacea to cure themselves of the coronavirus rather than going to the hospital. Anyway, yeah, keep going. <laughs> well, I was just going to say on that point, I think one of the ways that particularly Republicans have appealed towards um, that group for a long time is is particularly around the immigration issue. Like that to them is really important because most Hispanics, if you talk to them, are, well, not most, but a big portion of them, from my knowledge, are not very big on having lots of immigrants from south of the US come into the country because particularly from an illegal immigration point of view there's a lot of them who came in legally who are saying like well how come they get to come in illegally when I went through all of this effort and work to come in oh, yeah. legally yeah, yeah if you look at um uh, immigrant like first and second generation immigrant populations in the United Kingdom they're often pretty pretty pro tough borders which is why again I say these are like these are waiting Republican voters and the Republican Party is just like ruined itself yeah electing well, Trump. though the only thing that i would argue on that point is is that actually if you look at um if you look at most left-wing policy on the on the issue of the border it actually is something that most hispanics would be pretty happy with so like most like the number of border crossings went down significantly during obama's presidency for example which you wouldn't necessarily have intuitively thought would be the case but 
in general, Democrats are pretty good at um, ensuring that all immigration is legal. It's just the way that they talk about it doesn't appeal to Hispanics. And that is... They make decent trade deals with Mexico, right? So that Mexico becomes, you know, less of a hellhole. And people... And they also don't do things like ramp up the war on drugs, which, you know, empowers the cartels and makes Mexico more of a hellhole. Like, this is, this is like, democratic foreign policy is just better than Republican foreign policy in stopping immigration because Republicans think, I'll just shoot them when they get to the borders. And Democrats think, okay, why do we, let's look at the push factors. How do we stop these from happening? Yeah, although anyway, you this can't... is a whole other thing, really. Like this, this argument could go on for hours. Yeah, it could the only I'll only say one more thing on it, which is that um, the one thing you do have to be careful with that argument with Hispanics is if you start talking about like how cr- fucked up their countries are, they go fuck you, my country's fine. Like where I came from is great. So like, what are you talking about? That you get a lot of pushback from like painting these places as negative countries to be in in the first place and that is a huge reason why democrats have had a hard time winning that conversation too um I that's think an interesting th- point actually yeah there's no, no, that doesn't make yeah sense. there's a, there's a different way into it which is um I, I think is much more about treating those places with respect in a more general way which is like oh we want to have good partnerships with them um and work together and it's that which lifts up both countries um, I think that would probably be a much more appealing conversation to have because I'll tell you what, like I was talking to someone the other day who was saying, like I I hate the way that people portray Guatemala in the in the media because uh, they t- they make it out to be a place where like there's a, someone dying on your block every day um, and the place is just like a massive shanty town, which is not the case, but like when I look at how these places are reported on in the media, like, yeah, it's actually kind of how they're portrayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think my point's quite glib, of course. Like, Mexico is yeah. not a shithole. Agreed. Like, Mexico is a nice place. Um, fundamentally, though, there are certain towns where, like, the badness is concentrated, and quite often those towns are quite close to the border. So it does make a lot of sense, because obviously that's where cartel activity right. happens, right? Like, it does make quite no, no. a lot of sense, I, in a way. The I agree with you. But I do, I do Look, get your fundamental point, yeah, yeah. At the very least, it doesn't serve us very well to be exacerbating the issues around the drug war, right? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we have to say. This is like, we don't have to, like... We don't have to portray the place as bad, but we don't have to like start fucking things up for no reason either. Um, right. I had one brief question. Um, when you talked earlier about verticality, looking at the left versus right in terms of verticality, the thing that I didn't entirely understand what you meant. I got your broader point, but I didn't entirely understand what you meant. Because I think that connoted to me the sort of political compass verticality, which is about authoritarian versus libertarianism. And I'm not sure that's what you meant. Really. No, that's, yeah, that's not at all what I was, I was thinking about, actually. Maybe it's a Z, a Z axis on that compass, as it were. Uh, but I think that there's so I, I think there's a locus like around which political issues can uh, revolve around. So I'll paint it in like really stark terms in terms of the role of the state and what it does. Uh, so 500 years ago, for like, actually, let's go further back to make it just a little bit easier. Um, 700 years ago, if you're looking at like the 1300s, what you're do- dealing with there is a state in the form of a feudal system that acts to basically preserve the power of uh the the elite and basically fuck anyone up who who um challenges it so the role of the state within that context is um it it is an organizer but it doesn't tell people what to do it just says respect power right like it tells people to respect power um and there are different ways of getting people to respect power um and if you contrast that for example with the role of the state in the probably in the post-war period uh it was framed as create the most opportunities for people um so basically set up the rules of the game such that people can play it really effectively we've we've now gone past that point in my opinion i don't think the role of the state i think that is going to continue to always be a role of the state but it's not going to be the one that we talk about because we're all quite happy with what it's doing like no one really dislikes the way that the state 
provides opportunities to people. Maybe there's some like tweaks that could be made here and there. But what I think that we're starting to have a conversation about uh, in terms of the state is, is what does the state tell us about who we are and uh, who, who do we who do we need to think of ourselves as uh, and a kind of quite a personal level um, in order to fit with the rest of society and how can the government set the rules for how we interact with one another and what we've gotten in the past 20 years is, is that that question has become more and more pressing um, so such that it's all we're really talking about even though you know and it even when people try and avoid that question, it always, almost always comes back to that question. So this is was kind of my point around, like, when you take Warren, um, a lot of her policies have an implication on that level, but she doesn't speak about it in a compelling way. So there's, and that's where Bernie is different, is is everyone's painfully aware that of what he's talking about which is like a, a reinvestigation of what it means to be um an american and what is kind of right at the end of the day okay yeah that makes sense to me that makes a lot of sense uh, i think uh um i haven't really thought about it in that terms the state's sort of emerging role as building an an, an identity for people um, yeah and it's super weird you, you, but it, it does make so much sense, especially when you look at something like Brexit, because that is that is what Boris Johnson has effectively done. He has, you know, made a sort of proposition for a state that bases its identity on U UK independence from the European Union, yeah. on the idea of the UK sort of standing alone. Um, the like, and, and that and fundamentally is it's a, it's a the, good sell. Like, the thing and, that's and upsetting Corbyn to me. Do it as well. Yeah, yeah. The thing that's upsetting to me is, is that's what Corbyn used to do as well. He used to do that, but he gave up having that argument because everyone told him stop having that argument and just focus on policy. And then, and then, yeah, that There's was a left-wing wankiness about policy. I know. I've seen them retreat from it in the last year, and I think that's a good thing. But I think it's been really fucking harmful. Like people don't. I think, and I think we've lost the opportunity. Your rent control ideas. Do you right. Know what I mean, like, I think we've also lost just, the opportunity yeah. in the UK. That would be my argument. I think because basically the fact that the fact that Brexit has happened has been. Um, it's like the decision about where the identity of the country is going to go has already been made and it was kind of hijacked off the left wing because they weren't paying attention to it. Yeah, um, okay, I mean, like, yes and no. Bear, I, I, I'm relatively optimistic about this because, like, number one, Brexit is not going to be good for a lot of people. I think you're going to have, we're going to have election in five years time and there, I think we'll probably have had some pretty dodgy economic circumstances. Um, like we've just skirted off the edge of recession for about four quarters in a row. I'm pretty sure the next one that comes, we're not going to get by like with our 0.001% growth above the rate that would qualify us for being in recession. Like that's not, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I also think that there's an age gap at which point, which is going to go fairly heavily against the conservatives. Because as we know, like a large quantity of people who voted Brexit are now dead. And a lot of people are going to die in the next five years because there's basically a lot of his voters are old people. Um, yeah, so it, it's if whether I can... or not he can solidify his narrative in the next few years uh, so is going I, to determine it. This is what I would argue is is that the opportunity for an identity based in like a Europe, it's based in Europe. Um, as part of a broader European community, I think that has been cut off. I I don't oh, yeah, disagree totally with agree, you that totally there's an, there's an, there is an opportunity for another narrative to come into play, but like that that is what I see as is, is the big miss. Yeah, if I think if someone runs on a rejoin the European Union platform, it's their party is fucked. Like yeah. fucked. It's gonna have to be like if you are a party with those ambitions, hello Lib Dems or even Labour, it's gonna have to be dog whistles. Like you're gonna have to talk about unity 
and internationalism, but you're not going to be like rejoin the European Union, yeah. be part of the European Community, closer tie to the Europe. You're gonna that's like a twenty year project at this point, rebuilding that. I because I, I I absolutely agree. I think it has solidly solidly gone the other way now. Yeah, and I think and I, that's I true think for that... even people who voted Remain now. I think even like people like me. I think I've got this like fundamental sense that that's blown. Like that's not who we are anymore. Yeah, it's gone. And there's a depression about that, right? Like, and it, I think that was the depression in London, like that has been rampant in the past four years. Like, you can just sense people are down compared to previously, because people lost a part of themselves. And there's needs to be rethinking about what it means to be a Londoner now, because it doesn't mean being part of like the most developed city in Europe anymore. Like, that's not what it's going to be, because uh, it's as much as like technically it's going to be part of Europe. It's not. This is, yeah, I mean, this is off topic, but, like, there's going to be some really bad shit in London quite soon. So, um, did you read about the new Boris Johnson's new immigration um, uh, system? So, fundamentally, what you have, it's the points-based immigration system, which he touted for the entire fucking campaign. Well, we can have a points-based system. Fuck you, we already had a points-based system. All you meant by that is we want a points-based system like Australia, i.e. a country that is vastly white and quite conservative and really shitty to refugees. Yeah, thanks, Boris. Anyway... If you want, basically, if you're an unskilled worker, you cannot get into the UK after Brexit. You absolutely cannot. So what you need, you need 70 points. And to get those 70 points, a PhD will give you 20 points. Um, having a job offer will give you 20 points. You'll get another 10 points if that job offer is in a an area that needs it. Um, and then you have another 20 points for higher education, I think something like that, or maybe 10 points for that. And then there's one more last thing. Um, but basically, you need almost everything. Um, if, you, if you don't have a job offer, you need a PhD, essentially. Um, so there is zero way for someone with um, uh, who doesn't have a PhD and doesn't have like a high-skilled job offer to come to the UK. Sorry, yeah, the job offer thing has to be for a skilled profession, like something that needs A-level or above qualifications. Um, and so it's, it's really... It's, that's that's fucking problematic. So, for example, if you look at London, you know Pret-a-Manger, like the most mm. popular cafe in London. Have you ever gone into Pret-a-Manger and been served by someone with an English accent? The answer is fucking no. Like, that company relies on European immigration. People who come here looking for a job, they spend the first year of their life in London working for Pret, while they build up skills, and then they move into other jobs. It requires a really, really flexible, really liquid job market. And that even, like, you can say that they're going to hire UK people, but it doesn't matter. It's not about where they get them from. It's about the supply and the velocity with which these people come in and come out. So you're going to see, like, the face of London change rapidly. Um, I, and I think it's going to make people very, very miserable. And it's going to be a very different place in five years. Do you know what the second biggest French city in the world is? Yeah, London. Um, yeah, it's London. And that's going to change. And, like, that's going to be... It's going to be very, very yeah. weird for people who live here. Anyway, sorry, this is a massive divergence. It is a massive we divergence. But so I think, I think, I think we've covered... Point. We cover most of the big points, so I think we can we can re cuckold our up, way. Boys. All right, Hit good shit. That stop recording button. Whee!